This episode of Off My Shelf contains coarse language and adult conversation. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, my name is Tracy James and welcome to Off My Shelf, a podcast about movies that are, well, off my shelf, where we go through my DVDs and talk about the movies in my collection. In this episode, Alex Cook is here to talk about a couple critically and commercially acclaimed movies, Almost Famous and American Beauty. Welcome! Hi everybody! Thanks Tracy! I was wondering if you were going to rescind my invitation after the gong show of the Christmas episode, so I'm doubly (laughs) glad to be here today. There are so many invitations I'd have to rescind if I did that, (laughs) so that I'd have no podcast. So I'm glad you still managed to show up. Uh, We'll try to not be as ridiculous. No, we'll probably still be as ridiculous. I'm okay with it. Uh, Different, different ridiculous. Different ridiculous, yeah. Yeah. Especially with these two movies, it's definitely a different kind of ridiculous when you're talking about them. (laughs) The feel overall. But one of them does start at Christmas, so, you know. That's true. And who doesn't love the chipmunks? Oh my god, as soon as I started, I was just like, oh, Chris. I actually facepalmed. Yeah. I always forget that's at the intro of the movie. And then I was like, oh God, I love I, this, but it's terrible. I did not remember that at all. Like not in any way, shape or form. <laughs> it was just like, I put it in and I was like, what's happening? Is this right? And it did turn out to be right. It so did. I was kind of happy with that. Yes. I did. So that's good. All right. Yeah. So, um, well, I guess... Yeah, we've already started talking about Almost Famous, so we, we should just have, keep going. But, but actually, can I start off by making trouble? Because that's what I do. Yes, yes, you can. I know it's supposed to be in alphabetical order, but can we please deal with American Beauty first? <laughs> I don't want to go home in a haze of Kevin Spacey, and I don't want him anywhere near Patrick Fugit. That is for sure. Well, okay, so fine then. We'll go in um, chronological order then? Yes. 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 Uh, well, because this one, you know, 1999, so it's 20 years old this year. Oh. What? 20th anniversary mm. of weird creepiness. Oh, my God. Um, uh, I, you messaged me <laughs> while you were watching this, and I know we're, I keep telling people not to talk about it before. Like, we do the podcast. Well, I didn't say much. No, you didn't. But you were just like, I forgot how messed up this movie was. And I have to admit, when I watched it the other day as well, I was just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's really something. It, yeah. Something is probably the best word to describe yeah. it. Like, yeah. I mean, at the time that it came out, it made perfect sense to me because I'm about the same age as Thora Birch and Mina Suvari. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously I was creeped out. By some of the creepy parts, but like your neighborhood is <laughs> video camera aficionado was like, wow, he's so deep and interesting as opposed to like, red flag, call the cops. <laughs> uh, so I actually was a little bit older when I was in yeah. my first year of university when this, this came out. And I remember me and my friend taking a break from school because we were going crazy. And it was like a two o'clock showing of the movie. And I've known a couple of people who've already seen it, and they're just like, whatever you think it is, I can't explain it to you, but you, I can't, you can't, there's no expectation there's to just this. so much going on. Yeah. And most of it in different directions. Like, exactly. Exactly. Bananas. And I remember watching it and then walking out of the movies going, A, I loved it because it was yeah. just, it was just so different from a lot of the things that were coming out of that time yes. period. And then the other thing was like, oh, it's so complex. It's so deep. And I watch it now and I'm just like, I still, 
like it in a different way because it makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah. But also, it's not that deep. No. No. It's just a festival of male insecurity. Yes. And that's, yes. It's very yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's strange that, I mean, you know, Kevin Spacey's character is always, was creepy then, is creepy now, will be creepy into eternity. Mm-hmm. But I had more patience for him as the teenager on whom he would have been macking than I do as an adult. I'm just like, oh, man yourself together well yeah. my very first note on the movie is ugh that stupid gobsmacked face <laughs> so you know uh my first note of the movie is the intro music is so whimsical and mysterious i do love the soundtrack yes the it's soundtrack so fantastic is not yeah yeah it's not to be questioned it's delightful yeah, even yeah. If you think i mean even like a bag blowing through the trash this was this was the movie like you know when she, they're sitting at dinner and listening to bally high and stuff this is the movie that made me track down South Pacific and like listen to some of the music. And I'm like, oh, I actually like this stuff. Wow, it's really good. Sideways root to Rogers and Everstein. <laughs> cool. I mean, I, I mean, love like, that. I, like one of my worst things about me, I think, like you know me, I'm, I I love movies and I mm. I sit through them and I look at them and I, I mean, yeah, I analyze them. I'm not denying the fact but I, my whole thing is i like to enjoy the experience of watching a movie so it could be a technically garbage movie like the meg but i can enjoy <laughs> this shit out of it okay because i enjoyed every oh. minute of that movie oh, but i will yeah. never say it's quality you Sometimes know a gleeful dumpster fire is what you want what you want exactly but i have a very specific thing about black and white movies that frustrate me and it's not overacted and horrible. It's more than that. It's true. But there are some of them that are like, they still have good stories and, and stuff in them. And over the years, of course, I've watched sure. several of them. But one thing that drives me crazy is I spend the whole movie trying to figure out what the scene looks like in color. And I yeah. find it so distracting that I just don't watch them. Oh, it's huh. a very bad, it's a very bad thing. Well, thank you for ruining black and white movies for me forever. You're That's welcome. a really good point. <laughs> because I really do. Like, I sit there and I'm like, like, for example, the the movie Some Like It Hot, I love that movie. I think it's a great movie, right? And I was surprised the first time I watched it how much I liked it. Because, of course, like, I usually just get distracted and I'm just like, oh, I can't look at this anymore because I don't know if her dress is green. Fine. <laughs> But, like, the thing about it, like, there's, they play a lot with texture in that movie. Like, especially, like, her dresses and stuff. And, like, their costumes always have, like, feathers. And yeah. her things are sequins. The, the old Hollywood silhouettes didn't come out of nowhere. Like, exactly, right? And I think that's the thing that distracted me from the lack of color. But there are definitely parts in that movie, like, like there's parts where they're on, on like, the, the veranda and the hotel. And there's the beach and there's palm trees. And you're just like... Ooh, I wonder if it's colonial and it's white, but it probably has a color on it. And right. then the trees are green. And then she's like running in like a striped bathing suit. And you're like, ooh, what, what color are the stripes? And then blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess, yeah, we're used to picking up those subconscious messages. Yeah. It's like if you see like part of a film or TV and it doesn't have the score in it, mm-hmm. you're like, I think I know what I'm supposed to be feeling, but I don't know. Like maybe there should be sneaking up music and I'm about to get clobbered. What's going on here? Yeah. Oh, but, no, we're just having dinner. Never mind. Yeah. Right. <laughs> thing is like that kind of emotional music didn't come into normalcy until like the 60s 70s mm-hmm. and if you watch stuff before that there's long periods of most films that's just 
you know, ambient sound and people talking. What? <laughs> yeah, know? a little bit of a departure from yeah. like, the current. Yeah. <laughs> as but, much as you can fit in every spare second has 87 layers. Yeah. Exactly, right? But like, like, so that's my whole like roundabout way of saying I didn't get to Rodgers and Hammerstein because the movie's in black and white. So that's right. why it went that way to the music. Oh, well, that's super rad. I love that. I mean, you know, that's how you, you know, get exposed to new things, right? Yeah. Like, oh, this is interesting. This... I always find stuff like that interesting, like, especially, like, something just, like, something's in the background of a scene or in a movie or reference to in a song. Just like, what is that exactly? And go look it up. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun to do. Yeah. I love doing that with, like, actors or musicians that I, like, mm-hmm. in an interview, and they're like, oh, I love this album. Oh, all right. Guess I better look that up. Done and done. <laughs> Let's check <Yeah>. it out. <laughs> One of the reasons why I watched the movie Harvey, because um, John Green, the author slash podcaster slash generally smart guy. Town, yes. Yeah. Um, one of his, like, from a few years ago, his post was, like, one of the movies that changed his life was that movie somebody had recommended it to him and it allowed him to be more himself after watching it oh. if i remember it correctly cool okay. and i was just like well yeah that's, wow. a, that's a movie i should look at yeah that's definitely yeah. exploring even if it doesn't have like even if it doesn't do the same thing for you it might give you a deeper understanding of someone you admire so exactly yeah, and it, it really did in. yeah and it's a great movie you must admit so Yes. I have not had the pleasure. Perhaps I will add it to my list. Again, it's black and white. It's overacted. But it definitely... And, like, for that time period, some things in it are quote-unquote normal, but is horrific in today's standards, okay? Well, that's inevitable. That's inevitable, that's exactly. unfortunately how the passage of time works. But I also but- think that's... The point of part of the movie is showing that, like, why do people think this is normal? This is horrific. So yeah. I'm not I'm, I'm trying not to give it away. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not telling you any part no of it. spoilers, please. Yeah. I'm only 60 years behind on this. <laughs> That's a spoiler alert. Um, yeah. Well, it was, I mean, bringing that back to American Beauty, like speaking of things that are now horrifying that weren't like, I definitely watched that movie with my parents mm. and they were like, I mean, I guess there was probably some discussion of the inherent creepiness, but like. Anyone watching that with their parents today would be having a capital T talk oh. afterwards. Oh, yes. Like, oh, very much so. But yeah, so much of it was Stay just away like, from your friend's father's done. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah. No, so many things. There's so She's many things. She's not a good friend to you. Your boyfriend's a creep. Mm-hmm. God knows about the neighbors. Yeah. I mean, you know, Scott Bakula's a dream. But uh, <laughs> the other side, not so good. Okay, I must admit I was really happy to see Scott Bakula because it made an excuse for me to talk about Star Trek. I know. But but also, John Cho was in there. I know. Who I plays actually Sulu. shrieked at my television. <laughs> was like, I see you. <laughs> it took me, like, because at first you don't see him face on. You see the side of his head. I'm like, wait a second. Is that? Yeah. The, it, it totally is. Yeah. You know? I got wildly excited. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the cast of this movie is amazing. It's Both fantastic. of these movies. Yes. Like, I completely forgot that Alice and Janney was in it. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, right. Yeah. Another creepy thread that's just dangling in my memory. Yeah. Okie dokie. I still feel horrific about, um, what's her name, Barbara in, in it. It's just so sad. Like, something obviously, I, like, I don't think it's, like, random. She hit her head 
and now she's weird. I think it's something horrific has happened to her that has made yeah. her that way. And but they never there's they not really a need to and I don't think I think it would have kind of like ruined the quote unquote flow of the movie if they did. But at the same time, it leaves you questioning so much. Well, like what happened? Yeah, because the father is so messed up that it's like, is he responsible for this, or is he responding to this? Like, mm-hmm. is this like a medical thing that happened, and he's not dealing well, or mm-hmm. like, did he cause this some injury? Like, yeah, I, I have a feeling that he did something to her, and that's I mean, why that's she's that the way. implication, but mm-hmm. it's also, I mean, I don't know. It's not necessarily. Not necessarily what happened. That's true. Yeah. But like, I mean, just looking at his reactions to even small things that are extreme. Like, I mean, even the, like the scene in the car where they're driving and he's talking about the neighbors and he's like, well, they don't find it anything to be embarrassed about and he just gets so visibly angry well you find out why that by the one end. is a particular sore spot uh, that's yeah. not just random temper mm-hmm. but yeah i don't know it's such a weird yeah it's such a weird character dynamic too with the son because i mean whatever the overbearing military father is closeted mm-hmm. and crazy like that's you know that's not that weird but when uh like after things all fall apart and he's trying to get jamie to run away with mm-hmm. him Yes. And she's like, well, what do we do? Or whatever. And she's like, oh, I have $40,000 saved. And it's like, this kid didn't just need rehab. He needed prison. Like, what kind of crazy drug deals is he doing if he's got that much money saved at, like, 17? Yeah, but <laughs> like, you, you saw after... what he, like, sold the neighbor for, like, three grand. Yeah, That's it's true. military grade, but I'm like, three grand? But to, have, to work your way up to the connections where you can afford to sell two grams for three grand? <laughs> like, yeah. what is this kid into? It makes it look like um, his father's unreasonable and he's totally normal, but, like, I don't know who he's associating with, but they can't be good. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, like, too, it sort of seems like he went to that extreme so he could be able to leave. Because, it's like, he. it seems at the end when his father's just like, you tell me what's going on or you leave this house right now and never come back. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, are, are you... Are you, are you serious? I can leave? Like, yeah. you don't want me here if I tell you this? And then he just tells him. Oh, so he sure. gets to walk out. And he was waiting for that that permission to leave, which is surprising to me based on his overall character throughout the movie. Yeah. But, yeah, it was like... it was well, like he's he was, still just a kid. I mean... Yeah. You know, a very financially savvy drug-dealing kid. But kid. a kid, nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's his mom to consider yeah at which he clearly was broken about when he was leaving sure yeah that i think that's maybe one of the reasons that i wasn't sure like how much of her stuff was actually trauma related just because they both have that weird like blank stare focus on like some of the way he behaves kind of mimics the way she does Mm -hmm. where he just like zones it well like zones in on something and it's just like I'm going to talk in a monotone, monotone. I don't really have feelings. I'm just observing the world as it comes. Whatever. Like, but that also makes me think I mean, that... Some of it's a defense mechanism. But some yeah. of it's like an inherent weirdness. <laughs> but that might also be because she may have been that way for a really long time. Yeah, that's like, true. Like during like in his like formal years where he's picking sure. up those kinds Though of I things. I kind of got the impression they moved for the fresh start for her as well as him. Guess. Right. Well, they said what happened. It was two... What was it? I don't know. 
They. I should have taken better. Um. So no, he used to go to school with the with the friend. Um. Oh yeah. What's her face? I don't know. Yeah, and then and then what happened was is that he lost it because his father lost it on him. Yeah. And then they sent him to an institution, drugged him up for a year straight, and then they put him in military school for two years. Right. So really, it's only been about three maybe four years since they've been away from that area that's true and then he's back yeah so i don't know like there's so many questions about that whole situation in general yeah because like like i like i understand there's been so many portrayals of military parents and movies and tv shows and all that kind of stuff and yes, they're all strict and they're all like follow rules and have a tidy bed and, and sure. blah, blah, blah. Or they're completely opposite. They're shell-shocked when they come back and they, they're into drugs and, and whatever. Right. There's two extremes. Um, but most of the time, they're not violent towards their own kids. They're extremely violent to anybody who endangers their family, usually. That's what I'm remembering right now from oh, the military. I don't know. The, the violent veteran father trope is pretty as well yeah yeah i don't know yeah that whole it was it's an interesting contrast contrast oh my god i can't speak um the the like the details of that are pretty sparse like it's mm. mostly just like one blob of exposition and then that's it and it's just like all right this like weird wind-up toy family is just kind of interacting around each other in this odd pattern yeah. whereas like next door we get Arguably more than we want to know about the inner workings well, because, of... Well, I know he's, you know, he's the yeah. protagonist, whatever, but like... But mm. it's, it's an interesting contrast, and it's neat the way they did it. It's like, but that's the thing, I don't really think it's a contrast. I actually no. think that both of the families have the exact same dynamic, right? Oh, sure, you but have... there's overshare mm-hmm. in one family and, like, very minimal exposition in the other. Yeah. Like we know every thought that Kevin Spacey has, much to our occasional well, chagrin. But that's because you're supposed to, right? Because he's, it's oh, like you're in his head. Like, that's oh, yeah, the whole of point. Yeah. But it's just, in, like, it's just interesting to watch it play out. Mm-hmm. You have so much of an idea of what's happening on one side of the fence and a lot of questions about the other. Other side, yeah. And then when they interact, obviously. And I think, too, is if we had more answers on the other side of it the fence. It would be satisfying. No. No. And we also, and either this movie would just be more offensive or it would just be so heavy you know what i mean just so depressingly like oh my god it would drag it would definitely drag drag. it's a very it's a very jaunty movie considering the subject matter it's got a very quick pace to it It i mean and it's like i mean especially with you know what is this character's name why am i drawing a complete blank (laughs) i just keep calling him kevin spacey which like (laughs) Um, I'm gonna pretend I wrote it down, and no, I didn't write it down. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm sure I'll remember it in the middle of a sentence later. Uh, (laughs) But, but, um, oh. Lester. Lester, of course. I was trying to picture Carolyn, but it's Greek. Carolyn Burnham. 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 Yes. Yeah, I was trying to picture her yelling it. It wasn't working out. Mm -hmm. Um. No, but what is it? I love, like, one of the things I loved most about the movie when I first watched it, and I sort of found myself loving anyway, despite all the issues, is, like, is is his attitude? Like, even when he's being a real jerk, that, that scene at the dinner table where she's ranting about him losing his job, and he's, mm-hmm. like, it's not, you know, it's not like, whoops, where did my job go? I quit! 
Yeah. Like, I've always loved that I, I love that part. hilarious. Like, I quote that sometimes. Yeah, like, I loved that scene that up until scene. up until he threw the plate. I, like, there was, yeah. there, he, like. I kind of like that, because that sort of, he didn't actually, like, I mean, okay, rude mm-hmm. and loud, but not throwing it at anybody, not causing any actual damage. Mm-hmm. Like a, you know, a storm in a bottle, yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, an hilarious metaphor for his whole frustrated little life. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't know. Like, I, I, up, literally up until the point he threw the plate, I was totally with him. I was just like, yeah, I get it. You're, and like, I'm like, you are taking control of your life and you're yeah. doing what you need to do and blah, blah, blah. And he's being kind of like funny about it and sarcastic. And she's just getting angry and angry and angry because he's like, I don't understand what your problem is. Yeah. And like the dog, like I love the, the tennis match head that yeah. Jane has. Like she's back and forth, like. What is going on? Well, yeah, yeah. No, nobody ever pays attention to him, right? So that's, that's true. That's you know that's yeah. his big moment, which yeah. really should be Janie's moment, but mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> what not, are you gonna do, right? He's yeah. not. He's not a terribly mature protagonist. Oh no, obviously. no. Like that. Like he full on. That was a midlife crisis. That's exactly what oh, that yeah. was. He's like, it's a a, a oh, little yeah. girl thinks I'm cute and I'm gonna flirt with her, so I'm yeah. gonna work out and then get a nice red car and be as cool as possible. Yeah, you know, yeah. quit my job and like he literally regressed to in high school. Oh, yeah. I worked at a burger joint and I want to be that kid again. That's in that's his, all he in did. His interactions with I've forgotten her name too. <laughs> <laughs> um. Like, he's the one who's acting like a teenager. She's totally calm. She's like, I know what's going on here. I'm going to play mm. this to my advantage. And he's just, like, a dribbling moron, Run. right? Yeah, that's like, true. He is. Like, it, he was reduced back to adolescence <laughs> and then was like, what was cool when I was a teenager? Although, uh, I gotta say, that whole, like, ridiculous burger job thing is so worth it for that scene in the drive-thru. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that she's, she's like, you are so busted. It's like, this is none of your business. Well, she's actually assistant manager, <laughs> so you are kind of on her turf. I laughed so hard. I was like, that is so good. It's just, yeah, and he doesn't even care. That's, it's, he's, yeah, it's great. Like, he doesn't, he's just like, whatever. You never get to tell me what to do again. And then, Well, yeah. At that point, he has no reason to care. Like, yeah, I don't have to do when, anything uh, for you. Yeah, when Chris Cooper asks where his wife is, and he's like, I don't know. She's off fucking that... Yeah, prince of real estate asshole. Yeah. And I don't care. It's like he's like you don't care. I can sort of see like after that conversation why you would totally write somebody else. <laughs> like, like they already aren't talking or sleeping together or having mm-hmm. anything in common, and then also to like see what she's like with somebody else. It's yeah. Just like oh, I don't even want that back. Yeah. They're <laughs> that, just like no, I'm good. No, I'm she's good. A mess. Yeah. But one thing I did like about Angela was as soon as, like, she talks to, to like, Carolyn, like, the mother, she's, like, she's so fake. And it's true. She's just yeah. has this show on all the time. Yeah. And you're just, like, you need to just take it down a notch. Yeah. Like, seriously, just come down from Don't buy whatever cadre. Yeah. Like, it's kind of ridiculous yeah. how crazy she is with that. Well, and you can see the cracks. Yeah. Right? Like... Yeah, and her real estate showing and stuff where she's getting, like, progressively squirrelier. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of twitchy, you know? Yeah. Like, and she's like, I can do whatever you want. Oh, these are shrubs? We can get a landscaper in. Sure. She's like, but there's no lagoon. It's not, this is what not about lagoon. this? Is this not a plant? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, she's definitely <laughs> losing it. But I think she just, she felt exactly the same as Lester. Yeah. But neither of them wanted to, well, she wasn't listening to him and she couldn't admit that she was not in a good place because they are supposed to have everything they're supposed to have. Right, yeah. She's marking milestones and not looking at the reality. Yes. Which is a big problem for mm. a lot of people. I mean, it's like a totally relatable thing. Yeah. Even as a teenager, I was like, yeah, okay, I get that. Mm -hmm. like, ask me what university I'm going to again. I dare you. I double dog dare you. Like, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah, there was so much, like, and that's the thing about this movie, that this movie is weird and, of course, it's an extreme, but... <laughs> There's so much to relate to in this movie yeah. overall with the characters because even even Lester being weird and creepy and all that kind of stuff, his his job is like the movie Office Space. That's it. That's Office Space in like five minutes. Yeah. Boom. You know, he wants out. Right? Or even like Fight Club where he, he like threatens his boss to get sure. to get like paid for a year. You know? Oh, man. It's that, it's we, that whole thing. Yeah. Can we talk about how the scene with threatening Brad with sexual harassment is not funny anymore and I still no. laughed. I was like, oh, I'm a terrible person. I was like, yo, I laughed this, too. Like, no. The scene was so, it, like, it was so different from everything else that was happening at that point and it was mm -hmm. like just brilliant because you can see the character too just being like, oh my God, I walked myself right into this corner. Yeah. Like, You're like, what uh, am I supposed to do? Like I treated this guy like an idiot and he's not and now I'm in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Because he went totally off script. Yeah. And, well, yeah. and what's different about it, too, for that time period and for now is that, you know, it's not, you know, me to, what do you call it? Like, false female accusers. Like, it's not, that level is a completely different sure. dynamic because it's two men. Yeah. But what's weird about it is Kevin Spacey's current predicament. Well, exactly. That makes it really uncomfortable, exactly. you know? Exactly. And I'm like, just like, oh no. It's about him perving on a teenage girl where, like, it's a throwaway sort of plot, plot yeah. joke that he yeah. threatens this guy with sexual harassment. And it's like, oh, he's actually assaulting teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> teenage boys. Teenage boys. Yeah. Which is just... <sighs> on camera. And I, think, and I think also, like, as soon as, like, that aspect of it... Like, because when you, an actor is an actor, no matter how creepy their role is, yeah. but when you realize they're kind of that person and you're just like, ew. Well, yeah, like, that was such a huge moment for his career and whatever. Like, he just, he just nailed that performance so hard. He won the Oscar, yeah? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. He, I mean, he won an Oscar. I don't know what else it would have been for. <laughs> but, yeah, like, he just... He did such a great job, and somebody else in that role, like, it would have, like, that movie could have fallen apart so easily. Oh, so easily. And, very, very easily. But they had, like, this, you know, middle-aged white marquee star, try, you know, tromping his insecurities all over in, like, an interesting and creative way. Hollywood loved it. Mm -hmm. Critics loved it. People loved it. Unfortunately, the reason that he was so good at it... It's <laughs> because <laughs> he knew all a little about more it. in common than anybody really wanted to acknowledge. Yeah. Oh, which really? is just all kinds of horrible. It really is. I mean, it makes me feel better about him filming those scenes with Mina Suvari because he probably actually was respectful because he wasn't interested. Yes, he did win Oscar Best Off yeah. for this. So the movie won Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Director, Best Writing, Best Cinematography. The cinematography is beautiful in this video. Yes. 
Yeah. There's so much to love about it, but at the same yeah. time, it's such a disaster. <laughs> it, it really is. It really is. One thing I found really interesting about the movies is a lot of scenes are set up like play sets. Yep. Um, which kind of was like, it. that's kind of the part that draws you into it because you feel like you're watching something that's live, you yeah. know, when as soon as it's set up like a play. Sure. And, and yeah, and there's this mirrors what they're going through too. Yeah. And, and like, I know they're moving, like there's certain parts where they're moving from scene to scene. It's definitely not a play, but like the scene at dinner, the scene in like his office, the scene, um, in like, um, when they're, when he's first working out in, in the garage and, yeah. and stuff like that. It's just, I just love the way they set up a bunch of it, you know, like even like the scene at the school where like, um, what's her face, Jane and... Angela are like talking to each other when they first meet uh the next door neighbor Ricky. Mm-hmm. And like they're just leaning against the fence. It's just like plain white. Yeah. And they're just talking to each other, trying to be all cool with their smoking and whatever. <laughs> and Angela's just being gross. Literally, I have my comment, Angela is so gross. That's my comment about uh, her. Yeah, she is. She is. Well, yeah. I mean she's just as insecure as everybody else, but she's like mm-hmm. more angry about it i don't know she's taking it out on other people she's awful why are she and jane friends they have nothing in common and they're just hideous to each other one thing (laughs) insecure people always have to go through is somebody who's more insecure but more of an extrovert controlling them for a long period of time before they burst out of that you know because because there's a certain point where you're just like, no, this person's my friend because they talk to me. I get to ride in their car. They give me stuff sometimes, you know. And all I have to do is sit there and listen to them. But And then afterwards you realize, I'm not getting anything out of this. And then right. you break it off, you know. And that's literally what's happening. Well, but yeah, everybody Jane, goes through Jane that. transfers her loyalty to Ricky very quickly. Oh, yeah. Despite him being a complete weirdo. Well, I think it has more to do with the fact that, like she says, she feels invisible all the time and it's finally yeah. somebody who actually looks at her. And yeah. especially with, with Angela, Angela keeps going on and on about how men always turn to look at her and how people always come and talk to her and people, like, like even when they came out of the cheerleading thing and yes, her dad's creepy, but she's like, hi, Jamie, that was great. Hello, Angela. Nice to meet you. Blah, 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 blah. No, there's no attention on her. But yeah. all the praise, even even Carolyn says to Angela, you guys did a great job. And then she goes to Jane. Yeah, I was watching. You didn't screw up once. Yeah, like that's not praise. Yeah. That's super, that's She's... negging, right? Negging? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so oh, it's, it's adorable. Don't to your children, people. Public yeah. service announcement. Be nice to your kids. Yeah. Teach them about consent. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot. All kinds of consent. All kinds of consent. Yes. yes. But my question about Angela, too, because she goes on and on about having sex with all these people mm-hmm. and she's going to be model, whatever. And originally when I saw the movie, at the end, like that scene, she's just like, they're he, they're finally going to get it on, which is huh, so oh, gross. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, here. and then she's like, it's my first time. I hope that's okay. I always thought she was the kid who was just lying because she thought it was sexy. But then, like, when I watched it... She thought she was lying to him about it being her first time? Yes. Oh. Right? No, when I first saw it. Sure. Right? Yeah. And then this time when I watched it, I'm just like, no, she's just been lying the whole time about these experiences. And now she's terrified and she knows that this is not right. Yeah. Like, it's not, obviously. Yeah, and I find it really interesting how, you know... 
20 years can change your perspective on something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he's, like, he's not that much older than we are now. Oh, God. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I said his age, and then I cringed myself into the next room for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said, what, in the movie, he's... 42. Yeah, by my 43rd birthday, I'll be dead or something. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I was their age when I saw it the first time, and now I'm way closer to his age, and I'm like, oh, gosh. And everything about it is creepy. It is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I think one of the things that makes it even creepier is that, okay, I'm going to start it off with saying I don't condone pedophilia (laughs) in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Neither of us condone anything that happens in this movie. No, I definitely, I definitely do not condone. Let's just state that anything that happens to this, right? But, but one thing about this movie is the fact that most of the stuff he comes up with is it's in his. We're seeing it in his mind's eye, right? And unfortunately, there's no way to stop your brain from going wherever it wants to go. Sometimes, okay. But the fact that as an audience you get to see it is what makes it super creepy. But then at the end, when he's actually about to go through it, it's what makes him a bad person. Yep. You know, that's what makes him a bad and it's person. Sort of, and it's sort of presented as, like, his, like he's redeemed because he doesn't go through with it. Yeah. No, but like, he was full-on no, ready to go through with it. you're a first-class creep, even if you did, you know, back off when she was, like, visibly terrified. That The fact that you got to that place. Yeah. <laughs> there's Like, you got her clothes off. No, you've gone way too far. Yeah, you suck. Yeah, you like, and that that was uh, the thing, you know. And it's I mean, but also in a way, like it it just adds to like the whole theme of it is like he's so ineffectual at everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's he can't he can't get anything done. Even like the worst thing he could have ever done in his life, he still didn't manage to do it. Do it, yeah. <laughs> it was the right thing to do, that is not true. to do it, but yeah, yeah. He couldn't even be a hundred percent committed to being a creep. <laughs> Nobody advocates for that, Alex. What's wrong with you? Well, no, like, yeah, that's, like, and he, he didn't redeem himself properly by, like, stopping early, but he yeah. also didn't, like, all the way condemn himself. So it's just, like, you're well, just, it's just a whole long journey to the middle. Yeah. Like, sorry like, to sound like Lester Bangs for a second a, there, but, like, that's, you know. It's, but it's that's, true. Like, that is, you know, like, uh, his daughter's always saying, oh, like, there's nothing worse than being ordinary. And it's, mm-hmm. like, he... Is so middle of the road about literally everything, everything, even his bad behavior. Yeah. But I think the reason why, like, storytelling-wise, the reason why they would have stopped it there, not just because it goes a little bit, goes no, not a little bit, it just goes too far if they did, mm-hmm. is the fact that you would not feel bad for him when he dies at the end at no. all, you know? No. Because, I mean, imagine, like, he went through, the, goes to the kitchen and looks at the picture of his, his little girl and smiling, gets shot in the back of the head. I'm like, what's he thinking? You're creepy. You deserve to die. Like, that's right. what your audience would be Good thinking. Good riddance. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas this way, you're kind of like, well, at least he stopped and he's. Somebody asked him how he was and he's doing really good and he's finally realizing that things aren't that bad, you know? And this movie teaches you that once you're content, you're going to die anyway. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> <That really> is- <laughs> I mean, what are you supposed to yeah, do with that, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty harsh on the on the regular life thing. Yeah. Which, like, know. 
I mean, I'm still, you know, fighting the good fight against adulthood, so I can kind yeah. of sympathize with that. But on the yeah. other hand, like, yeah, it's... Yeah, but I mean, like... It's just exaggerated. It's so, everything's so exaggerated. Yeah. Really. But even their regular life isn't, like, really that regular. People talk about, like, your family's so normal, and why can't my family be better than your family? Like be like your family and all that kind of stuff. But if you actually get a look into it like this movie does, you'll see families, all families are messed up in their own way. Yeah. What's weird to, what's normal to you is weird to them or, you know, or like Carolyn does, it, she presents everything as okay, she's, as normal. Yeah, everything is great. She's parody of herself because she's so busy think, looking at like what everybody else is saying. Yeah, and she wants, and she's like, at the beginning he makes a note like, the cheers on her clippers match her her clogs and like that's not an accident and you're just like oh my god that's creepy oh, see, I, thought that, I found that very like satisfying really I like, if i yeah no. i would i would do that too <laughs> it's garden work i'm gonna get dirty i don't care what i'm wearing like it's just so you just buy them at once and then they match and they're cute no i thought see i maybe i like maybe i sympathize with her more than other people <laughs> <laughs> Although, there's that, see that great scene where they're kind of, like, reconnecting on the couch, and then she mm-hmm. freaks out on the beer bottle, Yeah, I'm just like, girl, take one finger and tip it upright. Right. Like, yeah. calm down. You, like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's like, you, you didn't have to that say it, not, you didn't have to stop the mood. You just reach your arm over, fashion. get it out of the hand, and you're good yeah. to go, right? Yeah. If you were so unfun that you don't know how to, like, dispose of a beer bottle when you're making it on a couch, then you really have lost the plot. Right. <laughs> well, I think that's that's why he got so well, angry yeah, and turned why off. Is, he freaked out on such a little thing, is that it actually was It could have been a little thing, and it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Because he was just going on about how carefree she was and how things like that didn't matter mm-hmm. when they were young. And, you know, she looked happy, and that's because she's been firing guns and banging this guy. She's not supposed to be whatever. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that, that guy's a... Oh. People think Peter Gallagher is really attractive, and no. I'm happy for them, but I'm just like, nope, nope, no. nope, nobody nope. No. <laughs> he is the creepiest type of, like, quote-unquote attractive. Like, you know when there are people that look good just so they can pretend they don't have a body in the basement? Yeah. That's what he looks like. Yeah, and I'm I'm really I'm really sorry, Peter Gallagher, but at the same time, oh my god. Yeah. Okay. I'm no. sure he's lovely, and I know people. Like, yeah, I just don't. I don't get it. I super don't get it. Yeah. No, I don't. I'm no. Because every time he smiled, and his like teeth are too big for his face and stuff, and I'm just like, <laughs> why? Why do you like this? No. We sound like Angela. Yeah. <laughs> or like even when they first meet at lunch, and he's going about how his wife is his has left him and you know the life he's afforded her and all this kind of stuff and he's just smiling the whole time yeah but like you can tell behind him he's like i'm picturing stabbing her in my head yes. you know and it's yeah. like oh my god you're so creepy and then she's there going this is fantastic oh my god you're so interesting right. this is and great Lester's just like oh these two deserve each other yeah Yikes. yeah and it's true is because they both have this wanting persona where they want everybody to like them and they have to exude what was what she was listening to like you have to look successful to be successful or exude success all the time or some nonsense yeah she's like oh my god 
Yeah, nothing yeah. says mental stability like mantras on your car radio. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> sitting in the rain with your gun on your, your passenger yeah. seat. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, also never trust a real estate agent. Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> what if there are real estate agents listening to this? Sorry, y'all, but you know. <laughs> I've worked with way too many of them. Oh, no. They all have a hint of the crazy eyes. I'm just saying. You have to do to be good at that business, so. Yeah, because there's got to be, like, I'm a lot sure of. I'm sure they'll cry themselves to sleep on their pile of money that I'm talking trash, but, like, <laughs> just no. She's like, look, but I live in this mansion. Yes. Yes. It's very true. It's very true. <laughs> um. Uh, yes, what a bizarre film. It's so bizarre. So bizarre. But. I mean, still, yeah, yeah. I just don't know how to feel about it. Are we? Yeah, it made it well, just. I realized it just made me when I watched it. It just made me uncomfortable. Oh yeah. Like I was just uncomfortable after yeah. finishing it. I was just like, no, nah, it gave me the X too. Yeah. But also, like, that's one of the things. I mean, you know, it's important to talk about these things, like, you know, Me Too era and all that. But like, nobody's really. Nobody's really made a decision about, like, what do we do with the works of people who are killer-talented but also crepes, right? Like, Yeah. Well, because, like, there's this whole part of it, like, yeah, he's a creep and stuff, but he makes really good art. We should let the art speak for itself. And I'm like, but you're still perpetuating, perpetuating yeah. um, a state of being by yeah. letting him just be an artist, well, and you know? I don't know. Kevin Spacey's a particularly interesting case because he actually, like, his career effectively is over. Mm-hmm. Like, that one movie that made 140 bucks or whatever because they, like, didn't really release it. Whatever, after, like, the major stuff came to oh, okay. Life, they, like, the studios have, like, they've quote-unquote released his movies, but not really. Mm-hmm. And so they're not making any money, and he's basically said he's retired because nobody will work with him. And... Given the way a lot of people are slinking back into the limelight, mm-hmm. <laughs> Louis C.K. Um, yeah, he's trying to, wonder. but they're they're making well, a no, big it, deal about it. Yeah, but it makes me wonder with Kevin Spacey the fact that like everyone was just like, nope, shut it down and go home. Mm-hmm. Is it something? It's not going to stay. Was he working for a particularly woke studio, or is it because his victims have all been men? No, I think it's because. At the, he came in right at the apex of this whole thing, right? And it's not just that they were men, it's that uh, quite a few of them were underage as well, yeah, which made it a big deal. But at the same time, I think what's going to happen is he's going to be out of the limelight for a couple of years. Then you're, he's going to sneak into some movie here or there. And then people are just going to be like, oh, yeah, he is a good actor. And then it'll be fine again. Yeah, people have very short memories. Yeah. I mean, look at, um, what's his face? The... Mel the Gibson. guy who there's Mel Gibson there's there's the guy who beat up Rihanna who was the the boyfriend Chris or whatever Brown? yeah and he he never, is, he never went anywhere he didn't nobody, get he didn't go cared, they're right. now making more of a big deal about R Kelly finally 20 25 oh years after all his allegations came out and all yeah, the stuff that he did everybody's always known he was a freak yeah um and so that's still going on and then you think about like you know, all the things that's happening. Like, even with, like, Harvey Weinstein, yeah, he lost his company, but he still got, like, his $500 million that he can live off just fine and whatever, and he can pay yeah, off he anybody left right center. without getting yelled at. Aw, boo-hoo. Mm, yeah, cry. I think he I might actually what? end up in prison. I hope so. It doesn't matter. But, I mean, he's, he's, anyway. a, he's a rich white man. He's yeah. going to... 
Like, I don't condone anything Cosby has done. And yes, I think he's guilty of whatever he did. But at the same time, he's going to get a much harsher punishment than anybody else out there. You know? Yeah. The the drugs are a big part of that, though. Like, that's not all. It's not all demographic. He also, the fact there were drugs involved and, Mm -hmm. like, because there's a sliding scale, right? And people are like like to try and make it, oh, Louis C.K., not that big a deal. And like, well, yeah, in, this, in the scheme of like, you know, giving a teenager quail that she doesn't know about and raping her versus just like yanking your dick out. Okay, yeah, yeah. Louis fine. But also, still, we're on the wrong scale and yeah. it still sucks. Yeah, if you so, have a, sta- a, a scale from bad to worse, even if you're yeah. on the low end, it's still bad. Yeah. Like groping somebody is also not acceptable. Yeah. It's less bad than R. Kelly, but it's still terrible. Terrible, like, yeah. yeah. As so a person all. who's been groped in public and not sure. liking it, as you probably have as well. I don't know anybody who hasn't. Who hasn't. Yeah, exactly. Really? Like, none of it is good. and It makes no. people feel uncomfortable. It makes people not want to be around. Like, yeah. it's just... It's not nice, you know, and I find, I realize like a lot of men, they just don't understand what it feels like, you know. They don't know, because also like, it's like, well, if you're so, if you object to it so much, why don't you say something? It's like, well, because that guy might turn around and follow me home and murder me is yes. why. Yes. Like you don't, yeah. yeah. Like you say, don't do that. And you, you get called a whore or yeah. don't do that. You get punched in the face or yeah. don't do that. You get whoever's, followed to the bathroom. Whoever's doing it is almost certainly larger and stronger yeah. than you. So if they want to make a point in a physical way, there's nothing you can do, do about, about it. it. Exactly. And I mean, like, yeah, about 85% of the time, the guy would just be like, oh, sorry. But that 15% of the time is life threatening. Yeah. Like it's, it's really, and and like you have you, to tense up in advance because you don't know if a guy's going to catcall or grab you. Or like, walking by guys on the street when it's dark, that there's that moment where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, should I grab my keys? Like, should I pretend I'm on the phone? Like, yeah. probably most of them are perfectly lovely people just going about their business, but I don't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, there's no way for Men you to know. Men don't understand that inherent, like, caution. Mm-hmm. They don't. Well, I mean, why would they? Yeah. Because like, they I mean, don't, it's not... It's not, it's not in their realm, right? No. It's not anything... Like, they don't experience that that on average. are not threats to them. Yeah. I mean, like, one thing I always do, like, I come home late at night. Like, I like to go out. I like to have a good time. I don't like to watch the clock. But, you know, if I'm coming home at 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, I pay attention. And if I'm getting off of a bus and I know somebody's getting off of a bus behind me, I don't care if you're a man or a woman, I stand aside and let you walk in front of me because I don't want anybody walking behind me. No. Right? No. Somebody walking up behind you when you're walking in late at night? No, it's terrifying. And I don't even care who you are. Like, it it just creeps me out, you know, because I'm just worried. I'm like, I don't know what that person's going to do. And then you also hear stories about like, oh, woman stabbed in an alley and her purse stolen. And you're just like, what? For what reason? It's just because it was dark and she was there. Like, that's it. You know? Easy target. Easy target. So, yeah, people just don't, like, a lot of men don't get it. They just don't. No. And, I mean, you know, I'm sort of happy that only 50, 50% of my friends are terrified all the time. But on the <laughs> other hand, 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. 50% of my also, friends are still terrified all the time. Yeah, yeah. And it's really, yeah. I mean, it's good that this is like more of a conversation now, but mm -hmm. it's still got a long way to go. Oh yeah. Cause for years people were just like, get over it. It's fine. Yeah. Like, oh, what are you worried about? Oh, man. Eh. I mean, okay. Like, don't really get me started, but like the Aziz and sorry thing. This is like yeah. the hill I'm going to die on. I can't <laughs> even tell you how many arguments I've had I'm sorry. about this. I'm sorry. That whole thing just seemed like it was a super bad date and he just wasn't queuing in well. And I'm not condoning anything no. that he's done, but also she needs to get over it. It was a bad fucking date. Like, yeah, but you know. the same thing that we just talked about, how you don't know what's going to happen if you tell a guy where to go. If he mm. grabs you, it's the same thing when you're alone in your apartment, in, a, in an apartment with somebody who has object on every objective level way more power than you. Yeah, I guess. It's yeah, his that's space. True. I mean, he's not a huge dude, but he's still mm -hmm. stronger. He's like, she's trying to get into the industry. He's got mm -hmm. a lot of power that way. She doesn't know how he's going to react. He's, like, showed himself to be a jerk. He's grabbing her head yeah. and trying to stuff his dick in her mouth. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it was a bad date. But also, and, yeah, like, the person I am now, if somebody, like, if I go to a restaurant and he just, like, orders a bottle of wine and doesn't ask, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, don't like this guy. Like, yeah. I'm like, not going to do it. But I'm not 21 anymore. That's true. At 21. Well, I think at 21, I, I probably would have fallen for every single thing that she went through. Yeah. And I wouldn't have had the balls to stand up and say, hey, this guy's a creep. Well, see, that's my thing. So. Like, I would have... That, that's my thing. Like, it was a bad date at the restaurant, and I'd have been like, I'm going home. Thank mm. you very much. Like, that would have been it sure. for me. You but know? he's... I mean, he's a star, right? Yeah. You're going to make allowances because of who he is. Well, a lot of people are. Aziz, I'm sorry, really? Well, I mean, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, out of this guy's blood. As I said, the hill I'm yeah. going to die on, like... But what mad I am, like, like, the, the thing that really like... killed me about that one is because Master of None brought that up that whole thing up several times. His like, whole public persona, persona is about how woke he is. Yeah. Are, are we really supposed to believe that he thought she was down to get down when actually she was like freaking out and hiding in the corner? Come on. Either you're bad or you're an idiot. Yeah. Probably both. Yeah. No, I think <laughs> he's like, just an idiot. There's not really cues and then there's like trying mm -hmm. to see what you can get away with. Yeah. And that's how that reads to me, and I don't have any more patience for See, that. See, I, I like it. For groping or cackling or any of that other stuff. It read to me that he just wasn't picking up cues, and but the thing like, is that but he, part of she, but part like, of his show is the fact that he doesn't pick up those cues. Right. Like part of the show is that he doesn't get it, you know. Yeah. Um. So it's like. I mean, I, I've seen his stand up, and I've seen him in interviews and all that kind of stuff, and like he's not quote-unquote stupid but it's very clear that he's he's not like he's not picking up everything you know like i guess that's what yeah anybody. fair enough um, well, then he and now i feel like i'm making excuses for him which i'm not i don't i'm not condoning See, anything that he's done every time i say <laughs> oh he's a creep and people argue with me then we end up in this place where it's like okay so he's fine everything was cool like that was yeah. his behavior was good Okay. Well, no, well, and that and that's the thing, yeah. right? It's like it's a, I don't it's think it's a gray area. Like mm -hmm. whatever could you know should should she maybe have acted differently? Yes. Should he definitely have acted differently? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. And it hasn't really like he's shaking the dust up already. It's fine. It's not yeah. actually going to really impact his life. But he hasn't really been doing anything because well, of it. He's, he's been, been kind of he's been around. He's has been, he? he's popped up a few places. Yeah, he's no, already on. He's already on his slow motion comeback tour. It's yeah. Fine. It's not going to do him any. Damage. Yeah, which is, but like I just I don't think men should get a gold star and a cookie for not actually raping a woman, you know? Yeah, no, I don't know. That's all... that is not what I'm not saying. Obviously, I'm a gold not. star and cookie. No, 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 of course yeah. not. But I just like that's it's 
that's not what anyone is saying when mm-hmm. we argue about this. But that's the end of the path that they are walking. Yeah. <laughs> is my point. So, yeah. whatever. Well, at least he, you know. No, I'm not. I'm gonna stop talking. I'm <laughs> no, just no, gonna no. sound no, like. No, no. <laughs> I'm just gonna stop talking. I'm not. Anyway, I'm not gonna. Whatever. We've this. gotten way off on, on a tangent here, which sorry. It's technically not way off on a tangent because it's completely within the realm of this film. That's true. Yeah. And also, in terms of star fucking, is an interesting segue. Into yeah. All I mean, that's very true. Celebrities behaving badly is sort of a motif tonight. Exactly. Uh, but apparently, that's what wins Academy Awards. So you know. Well. I mean, Harvey Weinstein pretty conclusively <laughs> proved that. <laughs> Dear In Lord. so many ways. Where are we as a society? Uh, Good grief. We're all, it's, it's the end of the world as we know it. Or I do not feel fine. I want well, my money back. I'm, free, I'm freaking out, personally, but yeah. yeah. No, like, I, I literally tell people on a regular basis, I'm like, you know those, like, apocalyptic movies where everything is horrible and people are scavenging and, and you, know, you know, cities are destroyed and all yeah. that kind of stuff? So we're at the part where that starts happening, right? Yeah. So we're right at the beginning. Yeah. We're about do to we, see things blow up Do we want to be the crazy preppers or do we want to be like the spunky heroines who have to make it up on the fly? No, Cause... no, no. I want to be the person who dies in the first wave. Really? Yeah, I don't want to be. No, I don't oh, want to yeah. starve and scavenge and like fight oh. people off and all that kind of nonsense. Maybe my kid will be the one who be like the spunky whatever, but... No, I'll, I'm going to die in the first wave. So no, not okay. this minute. I'm well, dead in the first wave. Zombie apocalypse, you got to survive? No. I, Just stab <laughs> me in the head. Let me be done with it. Oh, no, 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 Jesus. no. I had a hilarious conversation with my father at the cottage last summer where mm-hmm. we were like moving stuff around in the shed and I was like, Dad, I, I, we really have to have a talk. And he was like, what? Why do you have to plug in your chainsaw? What use is a chainsaw that I can't run around with in the event of a zombie apocalypse? And bless my father, who has, like, never watched a zombie movie in his life, probably, and yeah. they're, like, terrible and I'm insane. Which yeah. is like, kid, where did you come from? <laughs> uh, that's like when I told my mother her, um, her building was not very zombie secure because... All of the exit doors, right? If you like fob into it, like to open it, yeah. it automatically opens and stays open. I'm like, no. you're just gonna die. Ooh. You're just Ooh. gonna die now. Yeah. That's no. not acceptable. Like, you know, you're running, you open the door, and you're just holding the door closed for like the Ooh. 10 seconds. You're dead. That's not gonna work. I mean, that sort of applies to not just zombies, but people. Well, no, that's like, because it's, it's technically behind a gate. Like, you have to get buzzed you have to buzz in to go through the garage to park the car to come back out through those doors it's not like the public entrance okay but still during a zombie apocalypse that's not gonna matter right so i'm like that door it's just it's just hanging there so i don't know that's i'm just saying i'm just saying yeah yeah all right well i know i'm sorry to hear you're gonna die in the first wave i plan to set up my own kingdom and be the queen of the scavengers well okay well, let's make it this way. If you're not around, I'll die in the first way. <laughs> let's put it that way. If you're around, if I find you, I'll make it happen. All right. right. We'll make right. it happen. I'll, I'll yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll just come, just hunt me down real quick, okay? Yeah. Or else I'll just be like, this This is going to be it. Just just let it all happen. <laughs> be over. You know. You need to do more cardio if there's going to be a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> oh, me too. Oh, my God. Yes. Actually, I don't even think I'll be, like, one of the zombie victims, like, get back up. They're like, no, she's too meaty. We're going to eat all of this. 
it's fine. Oh my God, how did we get here? Yeah, I might save a lot of people that way because they're just taking their so much time, you know? It'd be fine. I don't know, for some reason I'm just thinking about like that scene in Shaun of the Dead where they pull the guy out the window and then like they put their hands in his stomach and they rip him apart. Yeah, that's, a, that's a that's a Kodak moment for sure. Oh, for sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now we've derailed. Okay. Now we've derailed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're uh, yeah, we're way off. Yeah. yeah. So from Zombie Apocalypse to 1970s groupie movie. There you go. Um, uh, excuse you. Those are band-aids. Oh, whatever. They are full on group. Okay, well, we have to talk about that, but maybe like let's not start there. <laughs> okay, we're not going to start there. No, Fine. I, um, like, I feel like we need some sage or something to like, clear the <laughs> clear the air. Sexual assault fuck out of my brain. Okay. What are you talking about? Sexual assault happens in this movie. What? Uh, there's the whole scene in the movie where. The kids in the room with the girls, and they're like, "We're going to deflower <laughs> him." The, kid? the kid's fifteen. Consents. That's does. still statutory rape. Dude. Is it? He's fifteen. So somewhere, someplace at the age of consent is fourteen or fifteen. I don't know. Yeah, that's in like Alabama. I don't think they were in Alabama. I don't think they had consent laws in Alabama. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. We're offending all the people. It's fine. Real estate agents, Alabamans. That's Aziz Ansari. No. Aziz Ansari? I don't know. We're just, know. we're insulting everybody today. Yeah. We're just letting it happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yes. Okay. So, so almost famous. famous. Yeah. Okay. So I, we discovered as uh, we were starting this podcast that we watched different versions of the movie. Yes. Uh, I watched the bootleg, which mm-hmm. is the extended edition. Uh, if you have not watched the bootleg, which I gather you have not, and no, I don't folks think so. out there listening, you have been egregiously shortchanged. Like, do oh. not pass go, do not collect $200, watch the extended edition. Now I'm, what, what, what is missing in the extended edition, you think? Oh my god, there's so much. So, I mean, it's all, like, a lot of it is very short scenes. It's In total, it's something like an extra 36 minutes. So, like, it does make a big difference. It is a big difference. But it all, like, it's not like, you know, there's a whole, there's, like, huge scenes. But there are, there are a lot of points where it just, the movie just makes more sense. Yeah. And the people are people, like, not characters. Yeah, like, because I found, despite the fact I've found quite a few scenes very nostalgic and like you just kind of enjoy the experience of watching it mm-hmm. overall the movie is quite just dis- it's choppy it's not disjointed but it's yeah, choppy it flows you know a lot better mm-hmm. uh in the extended edition for sure i mean it is a little bit like the movie is designed to be a little bit hectic because the story is hectic yeah so some of that is just a style choice mm-hmm. but yeah, like, especially, uh, for example, because the movie, I mean, it's, you know, it's whatever, Cameron Crowe, like, love letter to rock and roll, but, like, the, the heart of the movie is about family, and, like, yes. the family you, you're born with, the family you make, whatever. Um, in the extended edition, the relationship in particular between Russell and Jeff mm-hmm. is so much more fleshed out and actually makes sense. Why he's so... So, because, yeah. I mean... Like, ultimately, like, I love this movie to tiny pieces, if that wasn't already clear. Mm. And, uh, but the relationship between Russell and Penny is, like, not, 
non-existent. Yeah. And there and, are scenes in the extended cut where they like actually talk to each other a little bit more. So like there's a little bit more there, but not a ton. Yeah. Um, but it's not the most interesting relationship in the story by a long no, shot. And that's the thing that I noticed like at the end of the movie, I was just like, why does he love her so much? Like she doesn't do anything for him. She, she ditches him every possible moment. Oh, and what is William? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? Why wouldn't Russell love her? She, no, no. She like, demands nothing. Well, that that part I actually understood in yeah. the movie. That part I understood. It's just like, he's a person who, wa- he wants attention. He craves attention, right? But he has to share attention. And with her, he doesn't have to do that. And she's like, oh, I'm his muse. And I'm just going to, I'm here to have a good time and inspire and blah, 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 blah. But really... Mm. She's just letting him use her, like use up all of her energy so that he can be this great creator, whatever the hell he wants to be, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, you know, William's there and I'm just like, but she has given you nothing. Like why? Oh. There's not there's nothing like I find their interactions are so minuscule and like they're ridiculously short. And unimportant. And she just doesn't do anything. <laughs> she literally doesn't do anything. Oh, okay. Well, see, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. Okay. I mean, because I, like, I think a lot of, you know, okay, yeah, he says he's in love with her. Whatever, you're 15. Calm mm. down. But, um, I mean, she's basically, like, shepherding him through this, right? She's mm. the one who, like, gets, you know... She, like, gets him into this world, and she's sort of, like, in the background, caretaking, whatever. She's not, like... No, she's not the one who gets him into the world. What do you mean? It's Russ... It's, uh... What's yeah, Russell. Because Re- remember, he got oh, kicked out, the no, girls no, no. got... I don't mean literally, like, in that scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, Stillwater walk him into the, into the thing. But, like, when they're like, oh, come to L.A., she, like, drives him to L.A., she get, like, you know, gets him on the tour. And also, she's the one who's, like... Okay, like she, you know, teaches him sort of how to lie about his age, but she like introduces him to people. She kind of keeps an eye on him, whatever. Yeah. Like then that scene that we were talking about, where they're like, "Oh, let's deflower the kid." Like yeah. she basically is like, "I'm not gonna participate," but you know, do you need out? And he's like, "Huh, okay, I guess this is happening." Whatever. Like, yeah. She, you know, she's like she's watching out for him. She's making sure that he's you know he's gonna be okay. She introduces him to all the girls yeah. who are taking care of him as well as using him for his room. But like, yeah. Yeah. They're just they're just using him. I don't to... know. She's more like a symbol of him being introduced to this whole new world, I think, than a real mm. person. Yeah. Cause that's yes. what it's all about, right? Like if everyone's wearing a mask. Oh yeah, know? throughout the whole thing. Yeah, which like, is, I think... like that's how that works. And that's one of the interesting things is that you get like a behind the scenes look at it, but it, you don't actually you still there's you know, there's another there's another scenes to be behind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well maybe my problem is is that like I should have probably watched the extended edition based on your yeah, description. Yeah, I, really, because... I didn't realize that. I thought of it too late. And mm-hmm. I was like, if I had texted you last night, it was like, actually, watch three hours of the movie. You would have been like, ah, uh, no. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> so... I would, like, tell you the truth. I would have, like, if I had time, I would have gladly watched. I would have watched it again. Yeah, like, I another it didn't one. occur to me until too late. But it does make such a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, in terms of the band dynamic in particular, which I find really interesting. The, uh, uh, yeah, so... So Jeff and Russell are always, like, they're, like, the main, you know, friction point or whatever. And yeah. And it's, like, they're always, the Jeff just always bitches and Russell always stomps. And it's, like, are you guys toddlers? Like, why are you still in this band together? You don't like each other. You're, like, 
everything's, you know, everything's just fighting and obnoxiousness. Like, what are you even doing here? But they're friends and but they've actually, been together for a long time. Well, exactly. But the thing is, like, the extended cut, they actually show that. Mm-hmm. Like, they do, there's a hilarious scene, actually, the radio interview, where the DJ is just, like, stoned out of his mind and literally, like, falls asleep in the middle of the interview. So yeah. he's just, like, saying all this nonsense and then he just, like, and so they're like, okay, I guess we're doing the thing. And they're, like, kind of, like, you know, cursing, just, like, seeing what they can get away with. Yeah. And wake up. But, like, you know, Jeff says something about, like, oh, you know, Russell's, like, the best guitar player going and whatever. And he's just like, why did you have to wait till we were on the radio to tell me that? Like, why don't you ever say anything nice to me in person? That's like, I don't know. You're an ego like me. And then they go back to, like, swearing into the mic. Yeah. And stuff like So there are, like, a lot of little moments like that where it's, like, I mean, mostly it's just a hilarious scene. Because the guy also, the radio host, has no idea that the... That this is going on. That he, yeah. He, like, he, like... You know, tunes back in and is like, all right, yeah, I think that interview went pretty well. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> See, well, now I have to try track down this extended yeah. edition. Yeah. But um, stuff like that. And also, but also the big thing is like in the, the plane, like the plane sequence. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this isn't in the original. Jeff slept with Russell's girlfriend. No, that's we in know, it. Mm-hmm. But then he confesses that he's in love with her. Yes, that's in the one. And then... Like, there's more of it, I think, in there, but also, like, later on, you kind of find out that, that, like, Russell and Leslie have broken up, and she and Jeff are together now, and they, like, basically hug it out in the most, like, awkward boy way possible, which is its own funny thing, but, like... What? Yeah. No. Yeah, so, so the fact that they're, like... Well, because they said, in in it, so, uh, Russell, Russell and Leslie took a break at one point in time, and then slept with... No, it wasn't. So it wasn't Jeff. Jeff. It was yeah. the other guy. He slept with the other guy, but then he's been. She's also slept with Jeff as well. Well, yeah, but okay. So Jeff has been in love with Russell's girl this whole time. Yeah, and he's watching Russell with Penny. Mm-hmm. So he can't have. He can't. Jeff doesn't. Just Jeff is not getting what he wants. He's like not really the front man of the band. He doesn't mm-hmm. have the like. He doesn't get to be with Leslie. Russell like doesn't want what he wants, but has it anyway. Yeah. So of course they're like. There's friction, and he's mad all the time. But yeah, once like once the once the plane thing happens, and he like confesses and all that stuff, then they actually like they actually talk about it later on that they've like sorted this out. Like Leslie and Russell broke up because Mm -hmm. obviously they should not be together, (laughs) and and he you know Jeff and Leslie are getting together, and it's like yeah no they so it makes it 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 makes it make sense that the band would continue yeah like no they did not say that in the this edition at all yeah they have like an actual conversation where they like start they just leave william in the airport and walk away and i'm like he says yeah there's something jeff says something else in that scene but then there's another scene later like just Mm -hmm. before the scene where uh sapphire tells russell he sucks and everyone knows Yeah, I believe these new girls, they're, they don't use birth control and they eat all the steak. <laughs> <laughs> I like that comment. I was just like, I know, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. You said all the things now. Oh, oh man, really? I can just keep going. Like, tell you the truth, like, I didn't, t- there wasn't that many notes that I took for this because I found myself either really annoyed by what was going on like oh god stop trying so hard to be poignant and saying the words oh. you know and then there was <laughs> then there's the other scenes where i'm just like oh this is so nice it's such a good experience it's nostalgia this is great you know or yeah. there's like a good song playing which was there's a lot of elton john and it's like like one of my notes here is elton john brings people together you know? <laughs> 
Like the scene where yeah, they're singing the, on the bus. The you know? Johnny Cancer scene is definitely one of the best scenes in the movie. I know. Just, like they just nailed it. They did nail it, and then that's and that's the thing. I was just like, what? Yeah. Um, but my other thing is like like Philip Seymour Hoffman, which oh, I love. Bless his soul. He's fantastic, and I love Lester Bangs in this. Yeah, I love him so much. Yeah. Um, and like one of the comments he he makes when he first meets William is, um, he asks him if he takes drugs, and he says no. And his response is, smart kid, I used to take speed. And you, you know how he died. Speedball. Yep. Uh, a snowball. That's what it's called. Sorry, snowball. I don't know. It was some weird Which is like, business. Yeah. And I was, was just it. like, oh no. You know. Yeah. All I can think is like, foreshadowing for your real life. Horrible. Yeah. Um, and then there was um, a whole bunch of cameos, which I thought was great. Yep. Um, well, there's, of course, early Anna Paquin and late Feruza Balk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I haven't seen her in a very long time in anything. No, I think about it. Um, I feel like she has been in stuff, but I don't. I'm not not sure. picking up anything. Every time, no. Every time I see her, I'm like, oh hey, but like I don't. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. She's got one of those faces that you will recognize well, no matter what. Run where she was like in everything. For yeah. A while. Around, she's in know. a lot of like. Especially like her most famous is the craft. The craft. Really her the yeah. Craft. Yeah. Exactly. Like. <laughs> Can't go wrong. She's also in American History X. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. She was in American History X. Yeah, she's the scary girlfriend. American History X is one of those movies I've seen once and I will never watch again. That's fair. That doesn't mean it's a bad movie. I can't. I just can't bring myself to watch it uh, anymore. No, no. I don't. No, it's it's beautifully horrendous. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think especially people who are racist should see that movie once. At least. Yeah. And I think it might change their mind in, in a lot of ways. And not just because of the horrible ending of like the brother or anything like that. Just because yeah. it might open their mind to maybe even possibly talking to people. Yeah. That, that's all it is. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. It's about making human connections. Yeah. That's how you overcome that stuff. Exactly. Because people are afraid of what they don't know. And if you know it, you're not afraid of it anymore. And you're just not a dick. <laughs> In so theory. in in theory, yes, very much. In theory, everything's in theory until put into action. Yeah. That kind of thing. So uh my next note uh was that it, you know, Jimmy Fallon is really such a bad actor. I'm glad he gave it up. Because uh, literally as soon as he walks in, I'm like, oh Jimmy Fallon's in. And then he says three words. I'm like, oh Jimmy Fallon's in this. Oh no. Like he's just so bad. I mean, I think a certain amount of that was just like the exaggerated rock star cliche thing. Mm-hmm. Like, he was like doing a bit, but yeah, but so was but also he wasn't doing a very good job of it. Yeah, but that's the thing. <laughs> so was great. everybody else in the movie, and they did not come off like that. You know, <laughs> like everybody was doing a bit. Like look at look at those band guys. Like they were all you know with their hair and the whatever, and they get on stage. And like, yeah. How much do I love like, the drummer Ed? Literally, his <laughs> only line in the whole movie is when he confesses. To I'm gay. Like, oh my god. No, I was like, excuse right. me. It's, Fuck it. I'm gay. <laughs> the whole movie. I was just because at first I was There's, like, yeah. wait a second, who is that guy? And I was like, oh, he's a drummer. Like, he actually is referred to as Silent Ed, and some at some point, I don't know which edition, but I think it might be like Silent so, Ed. somewhere in but there. Like, they actually do make a reference to the fact that he doesn't speak ever. God. I mean, he's also not an actor. Yeah, he's a drummer. So oh, like he's a legitimate. So yeah, so when they were casting it, the uh, yeah, the drummer and the bass player are like actual musicians that they cast, so they are playing, but like 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, Billy Crudup was not wailing on Fever Dog. That's oh um, no, I did, that's I did. Uh, Mike McCready from Pearl Jam. <laughs> and who is? I don't it's think Jason Lee track. is actually singing. I actually, I think he is. Really? Why else would you cast? Him? I, I think so. I think he is. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I have some. I mean, maybe not, but I'm more pretty, respect think, for him if he is. I think so. Yeah. I think he's highly underrated in that movie. No, I actually think he did. I think like, he's fab. I actually really enjoy Jason Lee as an actor. Uh, but one thing I realize is that every every character he plays is like highly egotistical, and at some point in time, he has this like epic rant that you just fucking enjoy. Because it's just so, you're just, you're like, you're, you're so full of shit and you were just telling everybody how full of shit you are. I look for the one guy and he's not getting up and I make sure I get him <laughs> up. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> like, relax, dude. Relax, you know. And I just like, I enjoy yeah. all of his egotistical speeches, yeah. like in every single no, movie that he does. He, that's, yes, that is a skill. Yeah, he, he, he makes it work. He makes it work. He does. He yeah. really does. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Like, whatever. And the chicks are great? Come on, we look like assholes. Well, you said that, buddy. Yeah. You do look like assholes. You do. That's, that's yeah. what they that's do. That's another scene in the extended that's a little different. Mm-hmm. Where, they, where they're like, everybody has gotten a call except Russell from the fact checker at Rolling Stone. And they've all been like, uh, yeah. yes, that happened. Oh, no, like, they're going to crucify us. They actually go into it where they're like, oh, yeah, everything, like, on the in the scene on the plane they you know they say outright like he didn't use names but it's really obvious who everybody is and like we cannot let this go to print russell now you're the last one like you haven't talked to them it's your job to tell them this nonsense whatever oh really yeah Yeah. so the band basically tells him like you have to stop this yeah because well because he's the one who originally said you know write what you saw and then that's why but also that's like that's like a little bit troubling if you like Outed a band member and mm-hmm. stuff like yeah. Well, he's he's saying that like he didn't use names, so he tr- he at least he tried. Did, no, but, but it's still super obvious. Like, but is it obvious? No, but that's the thing. Like to a person who is part of that situation, things are always more obvious than people who are completely yeah, separate from it. But I'm not denying the fact that maybe people could have pieced it together. Mm-hmm. But does it really mean like? Do you think he outed someone? Because really, you know. Like, um, Jason Lee's character, I forget what his name is. Jeff. Jeff. He's just pissed off that they sound really uncool. Well, yeah. You know, and he's like, no, we gotta be cool. Well, that's what I mean, that that's, because that's, that scene goes on a little bit more. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, well, yeah, because then this... Jimmy Fallon is like, oh, yeah, no, he didn't use any names, but it's like super, and I mean, he's, you know. Yeah. He's... He's horrible. He mowed a guy down, so that's like, <laughs> that's a little bit worse than I slept with your wife. That is true. That's very true. Yeah. They all yeah. slept with their man, their old manager's wife. That's who it was. It wasn't Russell's girlfriend's wife. I thought two of them slept with Marta, Leslie. who's Dick's wife, or girlfriend, oh. or wife, or whoever. I don't that's know. right. Everybody, gotcha. Okay. Everybody anyway, but. Yeah. Yeah, and he seems to have, like, yeah, he's like, oh my god, you guys slept with her too? Like, it was. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. I got the yeah, mixed that, up. I that's got why the mixed he's just, up. And he just confessed he'd like stolen money and then he was just like, oh, I'm going to bang my wife. <laughs> yeah. So much so, worse. So I think I have some interpersonal stuff to work through. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like stop sleeping with each other's wives and yeah. girlfriends. That might be a good place to start. Yeah. And you... Stop having wives and girlfriends if you're going to have a band-aid on the road. Exactly. It's pretty simple. Yeah, I would think so. But I don't know. A lot of people struggle with that. 
like, yeah. fine. People get attached sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's literally what happens in this movie. But yeah. I mean, she, well, well the, the thing is, is that right at the beginning, she's like, don't take anything seriously, just have a good time, blah, blah, blah. And like, that's, you, don't you can't. You seriously. Yeah. You always like, have fun. Yeah. But you can't live a life that way because you can't build a life that way, you know? And I'm not saying you have to like get married and have a house, but you, you kind of have to have some sort of relationship with something somewhere. And if you take nothing seriously, you'll have nothing to show for anything. Yeah. Another thing that's different about the extended cut, everyone at home take a drink, uh, (laughs) (laughs) is that the the idea that Penny's like retired is way, like that's way more of a Mm storyline. Like she says that very explicitly a few times at the beginning. She's like, I'm retired. I'm like just shepherding this kid. I'm not joining the tour. I'm not whatever. Mm-hmm. She keeps saying that. So, like, this is kind of her last hurrah, and she knows that anyway. Oh, okay. And then Russell kind of, like, pulls her back in. And it's like, no, but... See, I, like, whatever. I only really... Like, I know she mentions the idea... She says it a couple idea. times in passing, but it is actually a thread in the... In the, in the longer version. version. Yeah. Oh, okay. That, see, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, that's how sort of how they set it up at the beginning. Like, everyone's so excited to see her because I guess she hasn't been, really been around. And mm-hmm. See, that's the thing that really bothers me about extended editions. Like, most extended editions for any kind of movie, I find, is better than, like, the release. Because usually what happens is they put together this movie, well edited, the story's good, and blah, blah, blah. And then the studio's like... Can we get it just down to two hours or yeah. under two hours? Oops. So then you have to like cut a bunch of random shit and that's when it gets messed up, you know? Yeah. And then they release the extended edition, which is the actual cut of the movie. Yeah, it's how and you it's get something supposed better. to be watched. Yeah. And yeah, and this isn't some like terrifying apocalypse now, like we'll just add eighty seven hours of footage nobody cares about business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like in some parts it's like he snipped like he just slightly altered the scene or whatever, whatever. Like there's all kinds of little stuff, mm-hmm. but then yeah, there's just more there's just more room for people to interact with each other in a way that makes them more interesting. Yeah. I mean, as I get older, like the more and more I realize how important just editing is. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even you could use the exact same footage, just edit it together in a different order or a different way, yeah. and it'll have such a different impact it's on gorgeous. everything, yeah. right? And like you're saying, if there's a scene where, you know, you like there's like a millisecond of like a face turn or something moved mm-hmm. from one spot to another, can make a huge difference on how like the response to something is perceived by your audience and then overall impact over the feeling of the movie can change, right? Yeah, and I mean, like, I, it had been a long time since I'd seen either version. Mm-hmm. So, and the last one I watched, I think, was probably the, the theatrical cut. And so there were probably a lot of those moments that I didn't notice. Mm-hmm. But also, in terms of, like, the extra, extra, ugh, actual added scenes, mm-hmm. I was just sitting there. Like, I had, like, a site open, but I was just like, oh, this one, oh, this one, oh, this one. I haven't seen this movie, like, in at least five years. Yeah. So I still pick out the parts that it's like, Oh, that's new. Oh, yeah. No, that's from that. Like, yeah. Like, oh, is that how that storyline makes sense? Cool. I've forgotten that bit. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, but it does. Yeah. It makes a difference. It does. It does. Can we talk about his mom? Yes. Yes, we can. Frances McDormand is so great. Everyone in this movie is so great. Like, mm-hmm. even just little cameo characters are, like, hilarious and fabulous. And oh, oh wait. I got, a list of, I got a list of some cameos that I recognized. Oh, okay. 
There's Abby from NCIS, yeah, aka Polly Peretti. Yeah. Uh, Jay Baruchel, of course. He's he so looks cute. so little. And he's he he must have been like twelve. He's yeah. still little. He's so little. <laughs> I know. I actually really love Vic. He's like, and that's like a ba- that's that guy's based on a real guy. Like other yeah. people who are in that scene are like, oh yeah, I totally know that guy. Really? Yeah. I don't know if his name was Vic, but there was like that dude who like traveled with Zeppelin, but not like with Zeppelin. Yeah. With like the homemade shirts and everything. Yeah. But he just was, like, everywhere. He was like actually a guy that came and Chrome knew like on the road. It's because that was his life. Was I love it. Yeah. I'm excited about it. <laughs> um, there's also Rain Wilson showed up yeah. in there. Also get to talk about Star Trek. Yes. We because he's Harry Mudd and discovering. I'm delighted for him. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you can hate on Star Trek. I'm as not much hating. As well. I just have literally nothing to say. <laughs> okay. So if you need me to stop yapping, you can subdue me with Star Trek <laughs> trivia. So, anyways, they had a Star uh, Trek shorts on the other day where he was the. Uh, he was the main character in it. It was really very exciting. Oh. I'm not allowed to give it away. It was two days ago. It's fine. Oh. I'm not. I'm gonna keep well, it to myself. Yeah. I know. I know. It's horrible. No spoilers, Tracy. I'm trying. God. <laughs> um, there's also Cameron from Modern Family. Eric Stone oh, Street. I. He's one of my favorites. He's in it for like a Your half mom a called. second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she kind of freaked me out, man. Tell her to stop. <laughs> And then there's uh, Nick Swartman. He's the guy who is, it's Bowie! And everybody <laughs> runs. It was, it was a millisecond, that's but I'm like, I picked it up. That's another one of those beautiful beats in that movie where it's like, because he's literally in the middle of like trying to be blasé about the new album. And then as soon as he shows up, he like loses his mind and starts shrieking like a little girl. And it's just <laughs> like, yeah, that's what we thought, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. We know why you're really right. there. You know, we're Yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't have, like, the zigzag across your face or the crazy hair, but we're on to you. Sure. Mm-hmm. Trying to play it cool by not actually doing Ziggy Stardust makeup. Well, guess what? <laughs> you're playing, and we know. Yeah, on the but inside, you're I, jealous. Those are, I, those are hilarious beats just because they're hilarious beats, but also it's, like, because we sort of touched on this earlier, and then I made us change the topic, but the, like, how groupies are discussed and everything, mm-hmm. and, like, how, like, what... The, you know, there's a lot of, like, weird internal wrangling with the rules and all that jazz, but, like, mm-hmm. but it's actually a fairly respectful movie, despite how easily that could have gone wrong. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons is that, like, they make a real point of, like, yeah, the girls may be sleeping with the rock stars, but they're, like, they love the music. They're in it for these bands. Like, they love this scene. The, mm-hmm. the got like, that, like, Bowie guy and Vic the Zep guy are, yeah. like, Way more crazy, embarrassing fans than the group. You know? Than the groupies, yeah. yeah. And that's the like thing. they're the real like hangers on the mm. band aids. Like all the girls are actually in the scene, so it's not just like oh I love this album. It's like these are my friends. This is like yeah. my road family. I am part of this like experience. Mm-hmm. So and this is what we're going to be doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool and like I mean they make sort of offhand like slut shamey comments mm-hmm. a few times, but. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think that's one of the reasons why they want to be called band-aids and not like uh, groupies or anything is because the term groupie has, is a whole slut-shaming. connotation. Yeah, connotation to it. And they do, it. like, yeah, like when they, that scene where they first introduce themselves, like when he, when William first meets them and they're like, oh yeah, you know, we're not groupies, we're band-aids. And that one girl, mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember which one it is. Oh, Estrella maybe? Is like, 
yeah, Penny Lane, like, she changed all the rules, you know, no more intercourse, like, just oral, and you're like, oh, God, yeah. This is going to be one of those movies where, yeah. like, they're taking shots at the girls, and then that doesn't really happen Happen, in it, yeah. Well, because they don't, they always allude to sex happening, so, like, you know, they'll be walking through a door while somebody behind them is putting on a shirt or something, or, yeah. you know, you're like, this is a weird time of night to be sneaking into there, or that sure. kind of thing. So they, it's not, um, it's not overly, the sexual content is not overly explicit, no. but it's definitely, it's definitely there. And I think that's why it becomes a little bit more respectful. It's not showing that they're not, well, they're not, no, they're not whores. Yeah. There's not a lot of gratuitous nudity and sex and all that, but mm. also like considering it's like the decadent seventies, like, oh yeah, whatever drugs and sex everywhere. Mm-hmm. The dudes in the band are pretty monogamous. <laughs> Yeah, like they picked one and they stuck well, yeah, with that like person. Well, yeah, like Russell and Penny are together the whole time. Like Jeff and Plexia are together, and then, mm-hmm. then once they dish the girls, and she's like, "Okay, well, later I'm going, like I'm going to England to see Purple." Fine, but like, yeah, like they're not, they're not actually picking anybody up. It's all yeah. people they know, and that, are, yeah, yeah, they're like, and it's not like creepy orgies, and except for that one scene, it's not like overly drug filled or anything. Like it's wait, which one scene? Well, this, the scene where he goes to that party and oh, gets the acid, and then he's like, oh, 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 that, all that, yeah, that whole I thing. I thought you yeah. meant the, the road manager poker game with the like, oh yeah, he got he got it from Crosby. Oh, Ooh. that's right. Okay, yes. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, the, yeah. the acid scene is pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, and and that's the thing too. Like, there's not a lot of drug use in that movie, even though the mom keeps yelling, "Don't do drugs! Don't do drugs!" Yeah. Nobody but, ever offers the kid drugs. No, Which like, and I think that's one of the good things about them is that, like, they really do look out for him. Like, yeah. even though a lot of them think he's a little bit older, they do find out that he's 15 and everything. But they, yeah. But they're, they're like, no, he's, he's pretty sheltered. We'll, we'll, we'll keep yeah, him okay. We'll keep him okay. He's a baby. Yeah. Yeah. He really for is. sure. And how horrible. I'm sorry. I like Frances McDormand. And I liked her mother character and everything. Uh, she's fabulous. I thought she was great. And she's just... Yeah, she's a little bit clingy, but she's doing everything to just make sure her kids are all right, is, is all she's doing. And and not in a mean way, not in a rude way, and not in, in an overly oppressive way. Um, but never stop children from listening to music. That's just stupid. Um, she's pretty messed up. Oh, yeah, she's messed up. But she's a college professor. <laughs> but no, but like, how do you lie to your child for so long? That, like, they're two years, what is it? Yeah, two years younger than they're supposed to be, or whatever. Well, he thinks he's 12, and he's actually 11. No, so but he's in... two grades. Yeah, but he's in school with 13, a 13-year-old. Yeah. And he believes he's 12, right? Because yeah. he knows, he found out something, but it turns out he, she's actually, oh, he's actually 11. Yeah. So really, it's two years off, and you're just like... So, how are you messing up with your... How are you messing with your child? Don't do that. Yeah. That, that screws people up. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. She's lucky to turn into an overachieving Rolling Stone reporter and not Lester Banks. So... There you go. Yeah. yeah. I really, really love the conversation she has with Russell on the phone. That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Where he just goes from like, Hey, Mom! To like, Oh. Oh, yes. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Russell, it's not too late to become a person of substance. <laughs> But, oh, that actually made me annoyed. That annoyed me. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, I thought that was like, great. No, but, no, like, I understand her speech and everything, but I don't understand, I'm not denying the fact that, yes, there's a lot of 
you know, it's sex, drugs, rock and roll. I get it. But just because you're a musician doesn't mean you're not a person of substance. It upset. Well, maybe it's just oh. like, maybe it's just semantics in well, my my book right now. But the thing is like, but I mean, he's sort of struggling with that himself, right? He doesn't really know what he wants, and he's like, mm. he's that. But yeah, that, I think that really hit him because he actually is sort of trying to do that, and that's yeah. why, like at the end, he kind of pulls his act together and like mm-hmm. he lets it break up, and he like tries to you know apologize to Penny, and he calls Rolling Stone and tells him to run the article. Like he's. That is actually something, like, he is on a journey and he's trying to, like, figure out who mm-hmm. he is and how he wants to, whatever, in the world. Yeah. And he has kidnapped a 15-year-old to be his party buddy, so, like... Yeah, but, yeah, but my only thing is, is that... She's not entirely wrong about She's it. not entirely wrong, <laughs> but she's, A, never met him before, so she doesn't know any of this. And all of that is coming from the fact that she thinks rock music is is just about drugs and it's bad for you and yeah. keeping your children away from it and blah, blah, blah. And if you're a rock star or if you're a, in a band... You're yeah. not a person of, of substance, oh, I mean, you know? Yeah, no, for sure it's, like, prejudiced on her part. But, yeah. But she's also just, like, reaching out to him as a person and not as a rock star. So, yeah. Like, yeah. See, but one thing I... good choices, you know? One thing I never understood about that, I'm like, why is it so different for you to play guitar, but if you play, like, a violin or a cello? Mm. They do not get the Crosby drugs, my friend. <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't... Have you talked to Yo-Yo Ma lately? You don't know. I got no, that's, that's literally the only You're classical right musician name I know. <laughs> yeah, you can't really jam it out on a cello, you know? Uh, but there's like... But isn't there like that um, violin player who got like a special violin made for herself and she like just does covers of like... like rock songs and stuff and she's just like going at it oh, sure a lot of metal bands have violinists too mm-hmm. rad. yeah um now see now this just reminds me of the Lollapalooza episode of the simpsons where <laughs> what is it cypress hill has the the philharmonic behind them or whatever and they do <laughs> awesome <laughs> they, they do insane in the membrane it's it's so good that does sound good <laughs> so yeah you can just put it in any way you want i mean Look at like Childish Gambino and stuff. Like he's all into having classical instruments and yeah. orchestral and stuff within his music. <laughs> my, my high school best friend used to like she like used to like smoke at her window and she would always be blaring music and she's always blasting Metallica and her neighbors got really mad. Mm-hmm. So they would start blasting classical music back at her. This was like this ongoing war for about a year. Yeah. And then S and M came out the Metallica album with a symphony in it. Yeah. And she was just like, do 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 I win. <laughs> they never did it again. They were like, oh God. <laughs> now the metal has like, <laughs> so no. funny, we can't do this. <laughs> we can't do this. This no, is not right. They just started closing their windows. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, now we can't block because then it's the same thing. Yeah. Like, what are we doing right now? We have been defeated by Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> and they're crazy big surprisingly i never had that issue with like we have we had a very musical household everybody likes music in our house Mm -hmm. but we all managed to kind of like the same stuff which is weird because even growing up like me and my brother were totally like into hip-hop and all that kind of stuff as long as you didn't have gratuitous swearing in it my parents didn't care and they they kind of liked it too like like i'll be like uh, you know going along with the song they're like shh i'm kind of listening to the story and i'm like what that's this awesome. Is, that's great, but it's, it's about the beach. You gotta feel it, you know? <laughs> and then, um, like, my brother's, like, a trained jazz musician, so he was really into jazz and oh, stuff, cool. so there's lots of jazz in our house. Um, and But I also, like... I like pop music. I'm not gonna deny that fact, whatever. Oh, but, I love pop music. Don't make that face. Yeah. 
Pop music. Gotta get some good pop music. Yeah. Pop music is designed to be really listenable. Like listenable. Listenable. Is that even a word? Is that a word? Yeah. We're gonna go with it. It's like it is like the especially like really mainstream pop is Mm -hmm. like the best in the business all got together to make like a beautifully well produced like well written song to get people's attention and make them want to listen to it. Yeah. Like. And as Susan no, makes money, that's it did its job. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah, like whatever. Lots of people yeah. hate on it, but <laughs> like well written, well written pop songs are way harder yeah. to produce than like they really are. Because like you, like you re-listen to some of that stuff, and you're just like, oh, this is actually like this is good stuff. You know? Yeah, I it's mean, great. lyrical content, yeah. whatever. But um, I want it that way. It's widely variable. <laughs> yes, you know. Uh, baby, 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 oh, isn't going to really change anybody's life. But on the yeah. other hand, like, Motown is some of the best music out there. I and love if you actually Motown so much. sit down and listen to the lyrics, it's like, oh, yeah, no, that's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just delightful, like, but it's, it's just like any other music at any point in time. There's a certain, there's a certain part of it that is pop music that just everybody likes. Yeah. And that goes from classical music till now. There's sure. just a certain grouping that everybody can just get behind. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, and that and that goes back to like one of the other things is that I randomly started liking a lot of the stuff that was popular when my parents were my age and stuff. So I'd be sitting around, they'd put on a song, and it's like some doo-wop or like some Motown or you know just just something, some funk yeah. or whatever. And I'd be singing along to it. They're like, "You know this song?" I'm like, "Yeah, this song is great. This is amazing." Blah blah blah. We, I yeah. really it was a really great moment when I was like in my early twenties that. Uh, I'd been previously stealing my dad's albums, mm-hmm. of course, because like this kind of like seventies rock and what you know, yeah, yeah. And I was like, whatever. CCR is my it's jam. Good. Yeah, so like I don't understand. you know, yeah. I was just, I was, and then at some point, like I started buying more albums, whatever, when I wasn't living at home, and my dad would be like, huh, can I borrow that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you <Yeah>. may. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then you you just kind of get this like crossover of musical tastes you know yeah yeah yeah, i think that's one of the reasons that i love this movie so much is that that's like the kind of music i really like that kind of music yeah Yeah, that's yeah i'm wondering yeah the music in it is great like you just it's just such good stuff in there yeah really liked it um it's definitely led zeppelin allowed them to use a song they don't really do that so much. yeah they had to screen the film for them to convince them to really i didn't know yeah it ends with tangerine Yeah. yeah Yeah, you, they don't just, they don't just, you can't just license Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. songs for movies. I mean, it happens, but. Yeah. yeah. You gotta do a lot of work to you get gotta, it. Yeah, you gotta send them a fruit basket. Yeah. A groveling email or whatever. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Apparently they're enough, okay with all of that. Otherwise, probably every movie in creation would have Stairway in it and we'd all be miserable. That's true. Oh my god, <laughs> yes. Oh, I like the fact that they. <laughs> They make reference to a mojo in there. And it's like, it sends pages over the telephone. Only takes like 18 minutes per page. AKA a fax machine. But yeah. also, 18 minutes of page. We would just throw things out of windows if it took that long to do Yeah, that. that was creative license. I fell down a bit of a rabbit hole reading Cameron Crowe interviews today. Really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that was, yeah. It was only eight minutes a page, but apparently they had like a, primitive fax machine at the Rolling Stone office that they called the Mojo machine. Yeah. So that was just like a nickname for that particular one. And oh, really? Like thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. So it wasn't a fax. It was like a tello, whatever, like whatever yeah, the precursor. The precursor was, was, yeah. But yeah, they actually called it the Mojo Machine. So oh, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, there's some really interesting stuff out there. Actually, Rolling Stone's written some really interesting stuff about this movie, as mm-hmm. you might imagine they would, of given how, yeah. It's the center point of the movie, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And, like, I read at least one comment from uh, ben, ben Fong Torres, who's like, yeah, you know, like, not every, obviously not everything happened exactly the way it is portrayed, but, you know, creative license, mm-hmm. fine. This would be, yeah, it's kind of interesting because, like, at, like, all the people that are in the room at Rolling Stone, like, they're all real people that were there, and they... Everybody uses his name, like their own names, and then Cameron Crowe was William, but he's like hiding behind this fake character that he's created, even though it's like very much autobiographical. Wait, hold on, hold on, what? <laughs> okay, Uh-oh. obviously I've missed something completely, and I obviously did not do my research into this movie. Oh, so this is mostly oh. based on a true story. What? Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. No, I legitimately did not know this. I just assumed, you know, they're just like, oh, Rolling Stone, can we use your name no, in a no, no, thing? No, 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 no. And it was like some so, fake band and a whatever. Okay, the band is fake. Okay. Stillwater is, it's like a mashup. So when Cameron Crowe was 15, he started writing for The Door in San Diego and he met Lester Bangs. Mm-hmm. And Lester Bangs actually did give him like 35 bucks so, to go write it. So Lester Bangs is a real person. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Most of the people, yeah, like even the DJ who's interviewing and like she was a real person, like it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's all, all the Rolling Stone people, like some of the people that are mentioned, like um, the band, Stillwater is, it's a composite of different bands. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's mostly uh, based on the Almond Brothers. Oh, okay. And like that roadie, he meets Red Dog, like right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And like, oh yeah, Red Dog, like, the Almond Brothers had a legendary roadie named Red Dog who was okay. with them through most of their career. And, like, yeah, so a lot of the people that show up that are named are real people. Oh, I didn't know that at all. Like, yeah, I'm, so like he went I'm, on the road with the Almonds when he was, and they got yeah. the number of Rolling Stone when he was 16. He's, like, still the youngest they've ever had, I think, like, regular. Right. Dude, yeah. And then he toured, like, he didn't just tour with the Almonds. He toured with, like, he toured with Zep, and he toured with Leonard Skinner, and, like, mm-hmm. if they're a big deal in that genre, he was probably on the road with them or cross paths with them. I did not. So know just like any that kid Vic is like a real yeah. guy. He was like a buddy, and there was a real Penny Lane. Mm-hmm. She, uh, yeah, there were a few girls. Like they're loosely, they're they're pretty loosely based, I think. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, oh. they didn't call themselves Band Aids, but there was a group of girls like that. But I did not. Oh right. Oh yeah. Okay. No, this is that's yeah. One of the funny things he said is like, I mean, he you know whatever he like he these fudge stuff to make it to make sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But um. Said like once he was finished writing it, he sort of a lot of people were just like, "Oh God, like how much debauchery did you get in there?" And he said like he kind of felt weird that he hadn't had enough debauchery because mm-hmm. as we just discussed, like there's actually not that much sex and not that much, many drugs. Like, but it may actually be because like like the character in the novel, he was sort of sheltered and didn't actually get to see any of it well, right? or like as that. much of it. But as... also, it's the thing that he like the same way that you know. William is the enemy, and he, they're not supposed mm-hmm. to be doing this stuff in front of him. Like, he got to be who he was, and he got, had, like, a really successful journalism career because he knew what to say and what not to say. Mm-hmm. So there was definitely stuff that he could have printed that he didn't. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's still keeping some of the secrets, and as a result, he got really good, like, up-close interviews with people like Greg Allman, who was, like, notoriously paranoid and... Mm-hmm. Not super forthcoming. Yeah, <laughs> and about these some, kind of things, some of like, yeah. the best writing of about him is from Cameron Crowe. He was because yeah, 
He had like he was like a little kid with boundless enthusiasm for the music, and yeah, you know, wasn't gonna sell them out. So what? Yeah. Okay, so that makes me appreciate this movie actually another level now. Oh my so, god! I yeah. you need to read the Wikipedia entry and then watch the extended version. <laughs> I will definitely watch, I think, I will have to track down the extended version and watch yeah. it, for sure. Because I think there was definitely holes in this movie for me that was just, I was getting kind of frustrated by it, because I'm like, this, what? Why Why is it, are we jumping from here to here, and what happened no, in this part, like you know? I said, some of that's just, like, the hectic nature of the story, but a lot mm-hmm. of that, like, yeah. There, there are gaps that are, like, things that are obviously missing. Yeah. From also, like, because Russell's such a central part of it, and he's actually, like, you never really see him... Having fun in the movie? Unless he's on drugs, no. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's quite a bit of that, like, well, like that radio station interview I was talking about, and like when they're trying to get him to go to Ohio or whatever, and he's gonna miss his graduation. And he's yeah. Like, I'm not going. And there's a scene where he like he like freaks out and he's like kicking the laundry and he cries whatever, and then he like falls asleep in the chair and he wakes up, and Penny and Russell just like stand right in front of him, so their faces are like in his, and they just go like come to Ohio, come to Ohio, come to Ohio, at him, and, like, they're, like, giggling and whatever, and eventually he's just like, okay, whatever. Like, but, like, just, like, lighthearted stuff like that. Yeah. He's not, usually he's watching Russell and Penny playing that way, but, like, they're including him in that, and, Mm. like, yeah, there are a few scenes like that where Russell's, like, joking around and being silly or whatever, and it's Mm. like, okay, yeah, like, this guy's not just, like, a moody jerk. He's what he comes across as, yeah. Well, that's the thing. He and Jeff both look, like, total jerks in yeah. the original film. but they're yeah you can kind of see what's going on and they're a lot more charming when you mm-hmm. actually get to you know see them interacting like human beings and yeah rock stars yeah yeah because they like a lot of the time i find they just take they seem to just take themselves way too seriously yeah you know and i'm like i know you're up and coming and whatever but you're that's, friends for a reason well, and, and all that that's kind a, of that's stuff a, right that's a problem that afflicts lead singers and guitarists the world over yeah <laughs> You it would know what yes. stage they're at. <laughs> this is a common problem. Yeah, but yeah, it's nice to see them kind of like relax and mm-hmm. not just be bitches. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I would have preferred to th- see them that way. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not gonna like magically change your opinion of the movie, but it might. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Cause like, how much did I actually like this movie? Um, like, I give it like three stars. Like, what made you buy it? I hadn't se- when I bought this movie is I, I hadn't seen it before uh, and I got it in like I don't think it was expensive or anything but uh, it was one of those things like I should see this movie so I bought it and this, this was like this is pre Netflix guys so it wasn't sure. like and like you know well, trying to download something Netflix. was too yeah. was too long or whatever so yeah it was one of those things where I saw it somewhere for like ten bucks or less and I was just like oh I haven't seen this yet bought it and that was it yeah. <laughs> And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, okay, now I've watched that. And oh. and it's not that I think it's a bad movie. Like, I actually find it quite... It's an Oscar-winning movie, you know. And we all know that is a true testament to quality. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't make a straight face. No, you could not. Oh, That's how... Because at first I was just like, is she... Oh, no, there's this month. There it is. Okay, gotcha. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, and then when I finally watched it, I was just like, oh, now I've seen it, and okay. Like, it just... Oh. It didn't didn't blow my mind it didn't sure. make me like want to see the world differently or anything i was just like oh it okay it was yeah like i think it's it's nice like it's it's a movie that's nice <laughs> did you just say my favorite movie is nice oh no <laughs> oh dear i'm in trouble now <laughs> you really are my god um 
<laughs> Look, maybe if I watch the extended edition, I may change my mind. Yeah. You don't know. It might help. I yeah. don't know. I mean, this movie is like designed with me in mind, sort of. Yeah. Like it checks a lot of boxes for yeah. me. So. But that's the thing. It's like, it's not, I think technically it is a good movie because like, I think all the actors are really good. Oh, yeah. And the way the scenes are set up is are really good. But I don't know. It's just kind of like, I don't know. Sometimes the, you know, like the dialogue, for example, gets a little bit too on the nose. And like, guess what? This is an important thing I'm going to say right now. Blah. You know? Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. now you're just full of yourself. But then, other, like I, I said, other parts, it just like, you kind of relax into the experience of the movie and like the nostalgia of it. It just seems, it just seems like a, like a content place to be at certain points, yeah. you know? And then it just gets full of itself again. And I'm just like, oh my God, you're ruining it. Don't do that. I mean, that's sort of how rock stars and musicians are. <laughs> Maybe I just haven't been in, around have, enough rock stars and I musicians. I probably have a higher tolerance for those kinds of shenanigans. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, I work in music. And yeah. I have, in fact, lived with a band in a van for a month in my past. So no buses. Yeah. Just a van. It was great. Um, so you know all about it. Yeah. I, well... You know, I know something about it anyway. And, uh, yeah, it just, I don't know. I, I, it is probably, and it might, if I had to pick a favorite movie, it actually might be. Right up there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, uh, I, I think it connects to you on a very personal level. That's yeah. Why it's, and found family stories okay. always interest me, too. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's a super dysfunctional one, but it is essentially a family, and that's sort of how best bands work on the road for sure mm -hmm. and yeah i don't know it's interesting it's also interesting like from the perspective of the band-aids because i mean yes they do want to meet the rock stars and yes they want to do part of be part of that life but but also like when it comes down to it it is about the music mm -hmm. and i think i mean to varying degrees everybody can sympathize with the concept of like loving a musical artist like loving their work so much and being frustrated with what their personhood is doing to their artistic output. Yeah. You know? Mm. Like, and so, and yeah, it might be, oh, like, I'm working with this band and I love them. They can't get their shit together. And, like, mm. I wish that they were, you know, more music, less nonsense, less drama. Or it's, you know, more, like, separate thing where it's like, well, I love this artist, but they haven't put out an album in a while because, you know. Yeah, they're just being stupid. Yeah. Something is happening in their life or, like, oh, they made this album, they were, like, obviously messed up on drugs, and it's not, like, the quality that it should be, mm -hmm. or, like, oh, I was gonna go to this concert, now they're in rehab. Yeah. Which is not to say that, you know, whatever, everyone's got their struggles, and there, there are people behind the music, but also, you can love the music so passionately, and hate what's going on with the people making it, mm -hmm. and that's, these guys, like, they let themselves lose track of that in the, like, whirlwind of the day-to-day -day tour, but that's mm -hmm. what's happening, and that's why it's not sustainable, right? Cause yeah. it's, like, a constant struggle to be, like, okay, like, I'm a real person, you are a real person, and we're, you know, divorced from this lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I find it fascinating. I find the dynamics fascinating. No, it's, like, I find it interesting. It's just, I don't connect on it that level, I guess. Yeah, that's yes. fair. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, like, I love music. Like I, like, I do love music. Like, I love listening to it, and I like lyricism, and I, I like you know, tones and beats and layers and all that kind of stuff. And, but I, I have a very hard time focusing on specific artists, you know, because I think it's because of things like that. Like, you know, you know, their purse, like 
yes, you have to have a personality to make the music and all that kind of stuff. But when that personality starts destroying your own music, then it's just not worthwhile anymore. And I, and I think like, I will always love certain songs, whether they're one hit wonder or a person who's been around for 50 years, but there are always specific songs from these people that I will love. Um, but yeah, like I don't get, I don't get lost in that, like drama. I have no want to be, you know, a band aid or one of the people <laughs> who like, who like follows them on like road trips around the country, you know, sure. when they're doing, well, you're not a fish fan. No, I'm not. <laughs> not even. For years, for years, I was like, what the hell is fish? And then I heard a fish song and I was like, Why? Why is fish? Like, I was just, no. That is a yeah. cosmic question. <laughs> I know. Uh, Leah and I stayed at a hotel across from Madison Square Garden the weekend that there were back-to-back fish shows, and the <laughs> lobby was amazing. Oh, uh, yeah, I believe you it. You could have cast the extras for this movie on those couches, my friend. <laughs> I would not be surprised. It was great. I would we not like, be surprised. Oh, we're going to go see a Broadway show, but have a great time, y'all. <laughs> guys have a good time looking at fish. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm going to be on Broadway. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Music taste is eclectic. Yeah. As well. Yeah. But it's yeah. All over the place. Mm. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah. No, I love this movie. It's tiny. It's good. Like, it's, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. It's good. I keep trying to Next think of, up, like, Tracy declares almost famous. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's all happening. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, if I turn up dead, it's because <laughs> Alex killed me. Just an FYI. Because... Oh, I'm much more creative than that. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> they'll never find me. You just admitted to it, so they they'll oh, they know. No, they'll I'm be looking out for it now. You. Yeah, suddenly your TV starts turning on in the middle of the night. Fever dog. Yeah. Jesus <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I'll be like, what's happening? <laughs> Yeah, I'll still water all the time in your house until uh, the Stockholm Syndrome kicks in and you admit the the majesty of this day. Well, you know, at that point, I guess, you know, threats of destruction of my life come into play. I think we should end podcasts. (laughs) Uh, But I have 873 more things to say about Almost Famous. I would not be surprised, actually. The way you're going, you're just like, I have all these angles and things. Is is there any one thing that you think, like, you really need to get off your chest? Like, you really want people to, like, know and say and stuff? Um, no, I think I've pretty much said, I've at least skimmed over the high points. (laughs) The high points of it? Yeah. I don't know. It's just fascinating to me. Oh, except I, we didn't mention Zoe Deschanel and how she's like hilariously perfect. Like, oh this yes, crazy the, this crazy stewardess. Yes, yeah. When I saw her, I was like, she was in this movie. That's I mean, everybody's I mean, in the this face. movie. Every single person that's in this movie is like, oh hey, it's that guy. Like, yeah, it's yeah, true. It's like every time they're like, oh it's that guy. Oh there's like, that guy. There are oh there's that cameos, guy. Cameos, but also it's just like, oh all of these people have subsequently become famous. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. They were almost famous and almost famous, and now they're actually famous. <laughs> now they're actually famous. I love it. Yeah. So yeah, this movie did its job then, I think. Anyway, sure. <laughs> you just like, save me. <laughs> save me from this. Gotta go now. Screed. Love. <laughs> <laughs> terrible moment. <laughs> no, I don't think either of these movies are terrible in actual movie senses. I mean, 
American Beauty is terrible for different things right now. Oh, um, I need to shower again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I brought it back up. You're wow. welcome. Yes. Um, and Almost Famous is, you know, good. <laughs> Still holding out for a fine. Keep talking, Tracy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There, you go. there we go. You got it. It's all set. Well, if anybody wants to talk about Almost Famous, don't talk to Tracy. Talk to me. <laughs> yes. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for coming in and doing this. Well, thank you for having um, me. It was lovely having a chat with you, and you should definitely come back and we can talk more about other things and fine movies. you should have uninvited me after christmas i know i'd be like no not allowed it's fine (laughs) um uh well that's it for this week's episode of off my shelf you can follow off my shelf on twitter and instagram at oh my shelf or you can send me emails at oh my shelf at gmail.com next time we'll be talking about the movies american splendor and animal house another set of favorites i guess actually no range that is quite a range yeah american splendor is not a movie that a lot of people in my circles know i realized i don't it's a really good movie actually um it was my introduction to paul giamatti uh he's really good in it and yeah well we'll talk about it next time won't we (laughs) um (laughs) and then and then there's animal house you know it's animal house it's fine everybody knows that Anyways, I hope you'll be here to listen.